Hello, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of What's Stopping You with Kelsey Jones. I'm your host, Kelsey Jones, and happy Tuesday, you guys. Hope you're having a great day, night, evening, afternoon, whatever time it is, wherever you are. I hope you're just having a great day. Um, I definitely am. I've had a great day today. It's obviously not Tuesday when I'm recording this, but today has just been such a good day. So I'm in a great mood. So glad to be here. So glad to be podcasting and making this content for you guys because listen up. This episode is incredible. It's with my dear friend Lauren Lapid and she is also a podcaster. She talks all about her podcast in the episode Rookies in the Real World. Y'all will have to check it out and we plug it at the end. It's always in the description but other than her podcast she's also a graphic designer for Condé Nast in New York City so she is living honestly the dream and I'm just so so proud of her and I'm so glad that we got to talk about kind of our career journeys on this podcast even though I'm still in college I kind of feel like I've already started my career I feel like I approach you know my internships and my work and just my life as a designer as a career because it is and so we kind of just talk about our different backgrounds and how we got to where we are today and what kind of the future looks like for us and we actually find a lot of similarities in kind of where we came from and how we got to where we are so it actually is really interesting there were some aha moments during this podcast so I learned a lot about Lauren she learned a lot about me and we give some great advice especially if you're interested in a creative field going out of college and into the workforce the creative workforce is literally a beast of its own so I'm so glad that we got to have this kind of candid conversation about the landscape of creativity and just how um, creativity is used in the workplace and just our thoughts on it but yeah we had a fun episode I know obviously everyone is not interested in being a creative but I feel like there's so much to be learned just in general about growing into your career from this episode so I highly recommend you listen but yeah I know that y'all will love Lauren and be sure to check her podcast out again she will plug herself as always as I always let my guests do because I do want you guys to check them out but without further ado we'll go ahead and get into the episode hi Lauren how are you today Hi, Kelsey. I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited for you to be on my podcast today. You guys, Lauren and I have known each other for, what, over six months now? Over six months, yeah. Yes, we're internet friends, and finally I'm getting her on the podcast. She has her own podcast, which she'll talk about in just a minute, but she just recently went through a big move. She lives in New York City and she just got a new apartment in Soho, Mm -hmm. which I'm very excited for you about. (laughs) Thank you. So you've been a little swamped with the move, huh? A little swamped. You are actually, I'm so excited because this is the first recording I've done since the move. So the last like two weeks, I've taken a bit of a hiatus just focusing on the move and work and getting everything settled and it feels so good to be sitting back at the mic again you're the first person who's getting all of this tea so this is exciting I'm so excited well Lauren why don't you go ahead and share with everyone who you are what you do give us a little just give us a little about yourself yeah so hi everybody my name is Lauren Lapid and I'm a graphic designer and content creator currently based out of New York City but I'm originally from Southern California 
and I currently am a digital designer for Condé Nast Entertainment, so I do design work to support videos for Vogue, GQ, Bon Appetit, Wired, those brands, and it's been a total blast. I hit my one-year mark last week, which is really exciting. Yeah, time has just flown by. But when I'm not designing for Condé, I am a freelance design lead for Aesthetic Marketing, which is a marketing agency that focuses on accelerating startups. And when I'm not doing freelance work for them, I'm probably freelancing for my gym here in the city, Grit Boxing. So super fun. Basically, whenever anybody asks me what I do in my free time, it's still designing, just designing more fun things. Yeah. You know how it goes, Kels. Like, I feel like yes. when your job is something you really enjoy and it's a, and it's like an art form, like design, it doesn't feel as much like normal work. So it's, it's super fun. I feel really blessed to be in a field like that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I wanted to bring Lauren on the podcast today because y'all wanted an episode all about my career. And I thought, who better to have on the podcast to talk about this with than another graphic designer and one of my friends. So Lauren's just perfect for this episode. And I kind of just wanted to talk about having similar career trajectories. We're both designers and she's in New York City. I'm hoping to get there by next summer. So crossing my fingers on that one. I can't Uh, wait. (laughs) It's going to be so much fun, honestly. We're going to literally take the most fire Instagram pictures all the time. Yes, yes. The content. We need the content. But we've definitely had very different backgrounds or from different places and have had different paths to get to where we are today. So I thought it'd be a great idea to just bring you along for this episode to kind of share our thoughts on our different journeys towards the same career and just our our thoughts on the creative career landscape. I know that's kind of a niche topic to talk about, but it's something a lot of people were interested in hearing about is our stories. So I thought I'd go ahead and give you the mic and let you share kind of your career journey from what you wanted to do as a kid and how you decided on design and going to college. Why don't you go ahead and just tell us all about it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So being from Southern California, I'm right outside of LA. So I grew up around movies and the entertainment industry. And so right from the start as a kid, I was so fascinated by the idea of telling a story and was a total nerd. I think I picked up my first DSLR in the third grade because my older sister had one. And so from a young age, I was all about photography, cinematography. I wanted to be a director one day. But as I started editing photos and got more into that niche, all of like the skills I learned in Photoshop kind of translated to graphic design. And I started to learn more about Illustrator and started doing freelance work as a kid, literally, for like, like magazines just like would reach out. And so it was just crazy because I feel like from a young age, I knew I wanted to be a designer. Because even though, like, my love for design came from cinematography and a video, I feel like graphic design still, like, intrigued me more as a challenge of telling a story through, like, print or telling a story through an ad. And so for me, like, that just is so fascinating. And I knew from a very young age that this is what I wanted to do. And in high school, I was on the yearbook staff. I was a yearbook nerd, was editor-in-chief did that and then I went to college and got my bachelor of fine arts in design with a minor in business because I just knew that you know like graduating as a creative and wanting to work either for an agency or doing something in-house it would help to have a little bit more of a well-rounded background and so that's what I did and 
after I interned all of college for literally any and in any industry you name it. <laughs> I worked in tech. I worked for a movie studio. I worked in nonprofits. I worked for a media outlet. And so when I graduated, I ended up at an agency. And this is so abbreviated. So if you have any questions about anything, Kelsey, <laughs> I can dive in. Yeah. But very quickly, I got an internship with an agency, and that's how I moved to the city. I didn't get a full-time job, and that was really stressful. So I was like, okay, I had 10 weeks in this glorified internship making minimum wage to find a real job and find housing and figure out the next like step of my life. And at the end of that summer, after applying and interviewing and chasing jobs down on LinkedIn and what like whatever like outlet I could find jobs on, um, I got the offer at Condé Nast, and that's where I've been ever since. That's awesome. Yeah, I think you had an episode a while back where you kind of talked about this, or I guess you just talk about mm-hmm. it a lot in general, but I really respect the the hustle that you had during those 10 weeks in New York City where like you really had no other option than to grind and find a job. Like that's just really admirable. Thank you. Think it's like crazy to think that was over a year ago now. It feels like a lifetime ago because it just was such a stressful <laughs> period of my life but honestly I like wouldn't have it any other way I think it was really humbling and I think it it made me take like it made me realize how much I had taken things for granted in college and that like you know like the real world is a little bit tougher but I feel like it made me better because of it yeah absolutely I think that's something I'm looking forward to is kind of just getting thrown into it all I mean I'm gonna talk about my career from the perspective of you know I haven't graduated yet, but I do know exactly what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I have kind of a vision for where I'm going. So I think that's also kind of unique to my situation. And a lot of people don't have that same vision or just the same like focus on what exactly they want to do. So um, I'll just kind of go through my story a little bit. So I was actually interested to hear your story because I didn't know a lot of those things, at least about your childhood. And I have very similar things to share, which is very Oh my god. Like this is it was kind of creepy listening to that. I was like, is she talking (laughs) about me? Okay, so basically Are we long lost sisters? Yes, yes, okay. So this is gonna be really weird for you to hear. So basically when my first dream job as a kid was I wanted to be a chef. And I was really interested in food and baking. And I just in last week's episode, I kind of talk all about my health and fitness journey. And I just talk about the fact that I grew up in a household where cooking was like really creative for us and something that was just like really important to my family. So from a young age, I really wanted to be a chef. I loved watching, you know, Food Network. And uh, I really thought I was going to be a chef. And so eventually that dream kind of died out. But I realized that... I did want to do something creative, even though I don't feel like I'm always the most creative person in the world. So when I went into middle school, I joined the yearbook staff because I wanted to play with cameras. I had no intention of becoming a graphic designer. I really just wanted to literally roam around the middle school and take pictures of people. That's what you were allowed to do when you were in yearbook is you just take your camera and roam around the school and take pictures. So That's why I joined that class and I ended up realizing that I was really good at the design aspect of it. So I learned all the Adobe programs in middle school. Yeah, literally 10 years ago. It's crazy. I was in a meeting today with my dean um, for the College of Fine Arts at my university and I was just talking to her about how I literally started designing 10 years ago and that just blows my mind. 
but yeah, so I was, I was editor in chief of my middle school yearbook and I, you know, learned that I really had a passion for layout design, which print publications are slowly dying, but I, that was kind of the, the first, um, my first kind of glimpse into what it would be like to be a designer. And so I actually decided going into high school to transfer high schools to go to a more arts focused high school. So the high school I was supposed to go to did not have like graphic design programs or a very robust art program or anything like that. So I actually didn't go to that high school at all and just transferred high schools within my um, district to go to like the quote unquote arts high school. And that's where I got a lot of experience with graphic design classes. I took art every single year. Uh, I learned how to paint, which I did not know I would enjoy at all. I used to actually really hate art in general, but I grew to love it. And by the time I was a senior in high school, I knew that I wanted to go to the University of Texas. It's been like a tradition in my family and it's, you know, just part of kind of part of who I am. So I knew I was going to come here and I just... I basically only wanted to apply to this one program, but my mom didn't let me. So I had to apply to a bunch of other ones, but I ended up getting into UT's design program, which is really competitive and really small. It only takes like 30 applicants every year, which is crazy. So got into that. That's what I've been doing for the past four years. I've had various internships in tech, in finance, in yeah, that's about it. Consumer packaged goods stuff. I do freelance on the side, started this podcast. You know, I do a lot of different things, but that's interesting to hear like how we both kind of came from actually similar, similar passions, even though yes. like, we grew up in California. I'm here from Austin, Texas. That's crazy to think about. No, and it's awesome. And I think it's funny because when you mentioned how you love like layout design and print publications and it's dying, I think it's so indicative of the generation because I'm only a year older than you. And so I think it's just like very indicative of the like, think about how we grew up before like iPhones, you know, and like before mm-hmm. like mobile apps. And so before like graphic design really was like this print world. And so I think it's so important that we got that experience because the next generation of designers after us won't get to say that, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy to think about. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's really cool also just to think about from my own perspective, like how I've evolved as a designer over time and just like stuff that I'm passionate about. Like, for example, going into high school, I was really into print design and then, you know, print slowly is starting to die. And then I realized the importance of digital design and I became really heavy, heavily invested in graphic design and um, just, yeah, digital design in general. And then now going into my senior year of college, I'm starting to get really interested in web design and animation yeah. and just other facets of design. So it's crazy to see like how these past 10 years have just evolved me as the world changes and just what I've been passionate about as well. Would you say you've undergone a similar transformation? Oh my gosh, totally. I mean, there was a phase in college. I was like, I'm going to be a product designer and that's what I want to do. And then I was like, no, no, that's not (laughs) what I want to do at all. And then there's a point where I was like, screw it. I'm going to like actually work for a magazine and do print design. And then I was like, actually, no, I don't want to do that. And so I, you know, it's like this weird push and pull because design evolves every day and like you there are so many different things you can do and now I think I want to be a motion designer you know I feel like there are so many different pockets of design to discover and to explore 
And I think that's what makes being a graphic designer so interesting is that you're like at the end of the day, like you're never going to be stuck doing one thing. Like if you really want to, you could switch to another type of design. And so that for Mm -hmm. me, like the fluidity of it all is so important. Yeah, I agree. And actually, my current internship that I have, I what I really love about it is that I've gotten to kind of dip my toe into everything. I've gotten to try out the web design stuff. I've done a lot of design for social media. I've gotten the opportunity to work on a bunch of different projects and a bunch of different facets. So I think maybe that just comes with work experience, but that's something that has kind of opened my eyes to like the possibilities for me and like what kind of role I want to take on after I graduate. Totally. That's so important. I like to think of like every internship or every job, no matter how much you might not love the job, it's so important as a designer and really like any industry to just say yes to these different opportunities because you'll never know about what you like and what you don't like if you don't actually do it. So it's so important. If you like what you're listening to right now, you're guaranteed to love my podcast. Hi, my name is Vanessa Rock, the host of the On The Rocks podcast, a podcast all about life, love, and the pursuit of a great cocktail. I'm a 22-year-old college student living in San Diego, California, who's just trying to figure my shit out. And that's what I bring to my podcast, an open, honest, vulnerable conversation focused on self-development. I like to bring guests on who are passionate about what they do, and I've also even gone as far as to bring virtual dates from apps like Bumble and Hinge to my podcast to discuss if we think we're compatible or not. I love to talk about what I'm drinking, who I'm dating, and what I'm doing. You're not going to want to miss the episodes that release every single Thursday, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and ask Lauren, I'm going to ask you some questions because you are working full time as um, a graphic designer in the city. So I'd love to get your thoughts on just kind of the landscape of the creative world right Mm -hmm. now and just, I don't know, just your, your thoughts on these things. So we'll go ahead and start with, do you think there's a need for more creative people in the workplace? Yes. So I work in house in the entertainment studio of a huge company. So you'd think there'd be lots of creatives and there are, but I feel like we're the the voice of creatives are slowly, but surely getting to be louder and seen as more important, right? Because 20 years ago, like the input from a designer or like Mm -hmm. a creative director wouldn't really make that much of an impact on like what salespeople are going to say or like what the marketing plan for the year is going to be. But I think over time and more and more people are realizing that like creatives tend to have more of a grasp on, you know, like what's actually cool and trending and what actually is going to work. And when you don't come from a creative background, it's like, how are you supposed to make these strategic plans if you don't know what exactly can be accomplished? And so I definitely think there is a need for more creatives and that's exciting because I feel like there are so many talented, talented designers and like art directors and illustrators out there that are just like itching to do work that will be seen, you know? Yeah, one thing that I think is really cool about just the world in general right now is that creative careers are becoming more and more easy to come by. Like I remember being in high school and like really being interested in art and graphic design 
being like kind of unsure mm-hmm. if this was like a viable yeah. career path like is this gonna make me money am I going to find a job doing this and like as I get closer and closer to graduation I found like there is such a giant need for 100%. these kind of people whether it's a graphic designer or videographers or animators or all these other like quote-unquote artistic endeavors that can be utilized by companies in so many ways so I think that's something that's really promising for me as well is just like seeing that there is such a huge need for these things and that people are beginning to recognize it more oh 100 percent. and I mean like I'm first gen my parents are from Asia and when I told them in high school like freshman year I was like 13 I was like yeah I'm gonna be a designer in college they like laughed they were like there's no way you're going to get a job make any money and then I had an internship every semester in college and every summer and got a job outside right out of college and so I think to them they were like oh wow like yeah like you can be a creative and not be a starving artist you know like there's a difference between that but also I feel like you what a lot of people can come to a consensus on at least in the corporate world is that the creative teams are so overworked yeah like they do not have enough people to do the yes. work that they need and so of course like as companies start to realize that this is a good investment more and more design jobs creative jobs will be open I think absolutely I currently work on a design team of three people that includes myself so and I I work for a at least 500 person company that is publicly traded like it is crazy that we we three are the design force of the entire company and I actually work for five brands in one so me and my team of three people, we don't even have one person per brand to work on. It's like oh my we are all working on all these brands at once. You're spread thin. Yeah. Yes, we are spread so thin. And I think it's just like a matter of time before people start to realize that you, if you want to, you know, compete with Spotify or Nike or, you know, these huge companies that are at the forefront of what good design is, you have to invest in that. So I think it's getting there. And so I guess that segues really nicely into the next question, which you kind of answered, but do you ever feel like your creative skills go undervalued? Yeah, you know, I do think when you look at the grand scheme, it's it's no surprise or like shock to anybody that creatives are typically a little bit more underpaid than some of the like other vital aspects or mm-hmm. roles in the company. And so in that sense, I do think creatives as a whole are undervalued because when you think about like Nike and the swoosh and the brand and the tone that come from it, that all came from creatives and that's what you see Nike as and you know, like creatives don't make mm-hmm. the big bucks, you know? So in that sense, like that's really unfortunate Um, But I do think more and more people are starting to realize like designers and having good design, even if it's for like an email newsletter or like a deck that like your CEO is going to be presenting to stakeholders, like people are starting to realize like, oh my gosh, like we actually need this to look good. And who's the person that's doing that? The underpaid, Mm -hmm. overworked designer over there. So I think people are more and more realizing that design skills should have higher value than they do but I think it's getting better it's an uphill battle but it's getting better yeah I think the other thing too that kind of frustrates me with the the lower paid aspect of it is like creativity is not something that everyone has Mm -hmm. oh that's such a good point it's a skill that you can't learn 
it's like you can learn the technical aspects of graphic design you can learn how to use illustrator but that doesn't mean that you have the eye exactly and it's it's sad for me to say this but there are like people in my design program that I can just tell they don't have the eye for Mm -hmm. it and it's like they can know everything about illustrator they can know everything about marketing they could know any of that stuff but like some people just have it or they don't and the fact that people aren't paid for having that eye that not everybody can have is just like kind of discouraging at times but I think it's getting better like you said no but I really am glad that you brought that up because not a lot of people realize that you can teach someone math you can't teach somebody how to have a good aesthetic so that I think is so so important I'm so glad you mentioned that because we're not I'm not gonna say we're one in a million but having that eye and that understanding like you have it or you don't so I agree there yeah Yeah, I think that goes back to talents just in a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Like some people are good at playing music or good at, um, I don't know, sports, just in a way that some people are just not physically able to do that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think it's just something that deserves to be recognized and deserves to be paid accordingly. But that's Paid accordingly. Yes. Don't settle for less than you deserve, people. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Mm-hmm. So now let's talk about some of your dreams. What is like your dream role? What's like the future of Lauren Lapid as a designer? Like, do you want to continue to grow as a designer? Do you want to go into management? Do you have a specific in- industry you want to move into? What What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, you know, I'm an LA girl through and through. I love the media and entertainment industry. And you know, for a while I thought, you know, maybe I'll be the principal of an agency one day. But I love working like in-house at these big companies, mm-hmm. these like household legacy names. And I think more and more companies are starting to add creatives to have a seat at the table. So like having a chief creative officer is becoming like a bigger role in C-suites in some companies. And not every big company is there yet, but they're starting to hire more executive creative directors or like big brand leads. And so for me, it would be so rewarding to, you know, like maybe – one day because I don't intend on staying at one company for the rest of my career but if I like one day came back to Condé Nast and was like an executive creative director or was a chief creative officer for the company and led direction there I love people and I love managing people and so I do want to be a manager sometime in the near future but I definitely you know I I have like big visions in mind Mm -hmm. that I can't quite achieved by just being a designer and that's not to bash at being a designer I think I'll always be designing on the side but in terms of career trajectory you know I want to be the boss (laughs) yeah no I'm this is exactly where I want to go too that's crazy like I I do like being a designer but having designed for 10 years it's like in the next 10 years I kind of want to like move on to something else and it's like managing designers would be perfect and so yeah eventually I would love to be a chief creative officer or like creative director brand director or something for a huge company I'm really interested in both tech and like the health and fitness space mm-hmm. in terms oh, of totally I totally see that as I wear my soul cycle sweatshirt in this recording. yes I love <laughs> yeah so that would be like so ideal for me so 
Yeah, I think that's that's interesting. I know a lot of people too, though, like people that I work with, they don't want to manage people. They have no interest in like being a manager or dealing with people. They just want to do the work and that's what fulfills them. And for me, like I respect that, but I'm also like, I don't think just doing the work is going to fulfill me forever. I need to have like more purpose, more more reasons to wake up in the morning and that would be exactly like managing or you know directing the vision mm-hmm. of a company like something greater than myself would be what I'm going for exactly oh my gosh we're so similar I love it it's literally just two Kelsey's talking to each other we're just having a good time because <laughs> what fulfills you fulfills me oh sis. my gosh yes I love it so last question before we dive into a quick listener Q&A is what is your best advice for future creatives or either people looking to become a creative or someone who's maybe in college and going into the creative field? Totally. I think the best advice I have is to create, 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 create. Just make. If you have like a design block, just design through it. Just do something. Make as much as you can, but Mm -hmm. don't fall in love with yourself. Like, you can't hold every piece of work that you create as being precious. I'll never forget in um, drawing, in one of my drawing classes, I didn't have this professor. Thank God. I probably would have cried. But at the end of the year, I think because this is for drawing majors, at the end of the year, he had everyone bring in their favorite artwork to bring in for, like, final for your crit. And he had them all burn it. And, like, the lesson – and, like, people poured, like, 45 hours like hours into this you know like blood sweat and tears and he I'm sure he had them all burn it with the lesson being which is an extreme way to show this lesson but I guess I got the point across but the point was that you can't hold your work to be too precious because nobody else cared that you were burning that work except yourself so create as much as you can because you need to have a comprehensive portfolio and you only get better by doing But there have been times, you know, where I look at my portfolio and I'm like, oh, I love that piece. I don't want to take it down, but it doesn't fit the job I'm applying to. So I need to take it down. Like I can't hold my work Mm -hmm. too precious. And I think that would be the best advice I have. That's really great advice. I love that. I've never actually heard someone talk about it like that. So that's great advice for me too. (laughs) I definitely have those pieces in my portfolio that are like from years ago that I'm just like, years I love this. And it's just like not relevant (laughs) anymore. It's just not relevant Mm -hmm. anymore. And it's like, is this going to help me get a job or is this what people want to see? Like, no. So it needs to go. (laughs) Exactly. Going into the listener Q&A, our first question actually is very similar to the question that I just kind of posed. Someone asked, what would your advice be to someone with a science degree looking to pursue a career in a creative field? Oh, okay. So I'm assuming, yeah, I'm assuming if they have a science degree, they've already graduated. But yeah, step number one is to start making and start exploring to figure out what exactly in design you like. Because as Kelsey and I talked about, you can do so much, so much in the world of design. Mm -hmm. But if you find a niche that you like, there are so many community colleges that offer like you know, like design classes that you could probably take for mm-hmm. super cheap or for free because it's community college. And, you know, like if, if it's like one of those things, that's a very low investment. It'll help you get a baseline. But also I was self-taught. I didn't take a formal design class until my sophomore year of high school. And up until then, from the third grade, I was on YouTube watching tutorials. And mm-hmm. I was, you know, like that's how I learned. And it was super effective. So like, don't be afraid to just like explore in every sense of the word. I agree. I also think like 
Another thing that I'll share is I know someone who is a graphic designer and web designer currently, but she got a degree in communications. And the way that she started her design career is she just quit her job and started freelancing and just started to build her portfolio until, you know, she could find an actual, you know, job at a corporation. So that's like, that's definitely like a scary thing to do. Don't just randomly quit your job, please. Mm -hmm. But like, just start freelancing on the side. And yeah, you'll figure out what you're good at along the way and kind of find where you fit in into the world of design or whatever. They didn't specify what creative field they were interested in, but whatever creative field you're referring to. And I think something I've really learned is that once you're in the workforce, where you went to school and what you majored in doesn't matter. It's all about your portfolio mm-hmm. as a creative. 100%. Like it's all about who you've worked for and what you've done for them and like what you achieved. So don't even worry about your science degree. If anything, that'll be something really to fun to about, like mention yeah. in an interview. Yeah. You can be like, I'm a biochemist, but look at me and all my designs and you're fire. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think people, I wouldn't like get discouraged by that at all. People love people of different backgrounds and perspectives. I'm sure you having a science perspective could bring something really interesting to the table. And that's what a lot of people are looking for these days when they're hiring. Okay, next question. Advice for someone trying to work in a creative field in New York City. So just like advice for creatives in New York, which I could use some of this advice. (laughs) Okay, so if you're trying to work in New York City, I'm going to assume that you aren't here yet. So step number one would be to get out here. There, I was at a woman of color conference and was listening to this phenomenal speaker, Daniela Pierre Bravo, and she is a producer um, for NBC, I believe, right now. But she literally lied and said she lived in New York because she didn't get any interviews prior to having a New York City address and literally took like a bus to get into New York City for all of her interviews and then got a job and had to move out right away. And for me, like, I graduated with very top marks. I was at the top of my class and didn't get a full-time job in New York. I got an internship. But the moment I had that New York City address, that summer I had so many interviews. And, you know, like it's it's a not it's not like you're not talented. It's not you. It's just that New York City is already so saturated with creatives who can at the drop of a hat go to an interview or start a job that if you're far away, it's like for them it's just like, okay, well, you're a risky investment because what if you don't end up wanting to move? Like why would we take the time to interview you? So my advice, as scary as it is, would be to if you have a friend in New York, couch surf for two weeks, get all of your interviews and jobs, like use their address. I've I've let friends use my address before. Like if if you really need to, hit me up. <laughs> like you know, like it's it's just a matter of getting out here and not being discouraged. Because I was so discouraged when I graduated without like a real full-time job. But then I realized it was literally just because I didn't live in the tri-state area. So really that's as I know that's a kind of not the most helpful advice, but it's just get out here because once you're out here, the opportunities will find you. I promise. Yeah, that's actually really interesting and something I had no idea about. Well, that's that's good to know because I was under the assumption that I would wait until I got a job and then I would move but maybe I'll just move and pray that I find a job. And okay, to be fair, this is all pre-COVID. Maybe now that everything is like online and like work from home, it won't be like this. But that was the case for me and Mm -hmm. so many other people was just like, 
oh gosh, like they're like, oh, you're from California. Why are you applying to a job in New York? You know, it's like a little different. Well, good advice. Good advice. Next question is, how do you deal with tension in the workplace? This is kind of a little bit off base, but, um, oh, I did want to mention that everyone listening, I did get a lot of just other career related questions that I'm going to save for another episode just because I got literally like 30 questions, so I couldn't answer them all. So I tried to gear the best ones for this episode and then I'll save the rest of the questions for another episode. So just a little PSA, I I meant to mention that. But going back to this, how do you deal with tension in the workplace? Have you experienced that? Do you, how do you, how do you navigate it? Oh my gosh. Kelsey, I'm sure you know this, but designers have egos. Creative directors have egos. (laughs) And yes, you are going to encounter so much tension as a creative not even just like between creatives but between like you know like the marketing people or the sales people who don't understand what the creative vision is or don't quite grasp like what you guys need to do mm-hmm. and so there's tension there like between different disciplines um and i think the best thing for me because given that i work for a massive company with massive massive brands with people who have been there for as long as i've been alive really oh my gosh That's intimidating. It's their way or the highway, but you have to hold your head up high because in a lot of these times, when you're young in the workforce, they are just trying to intimidate you to get, like, their point across or to get it done the way they want it to be done. But I always like to remember that I was hired for a reason that I am doing. I was assigned to the project I'm working on because I'm capable of executing it. And that, yes, sometimes I have to bite my tongue back. And, yes, sometimes, like – you know, like I, like I haven't cried at work before, but I've, I've felt the need to cry at work before sometimes. And <laughs> it happens, but it's just like always mm-hmm. remember not to take it personally because your job isn't your personality. Your job isn't your character. So you just have to literally approach it. I like kind of have like an out-of-body experience. Like when I'm dealing with tension at the workplace, for me, it's just like this is not personal. This is just like a matter of like we need to get this done. We need to talk through it. Yes, it's going to suck sometimes having to remake work or like, you know, like stay up late doing something. But I think in the professional workforce, like you just kind of got to like grow that tough skin and learn how to be very diplomatic as Mm -hmm. a designer. Like you're going to have to like be very smart about how you critique and how you phrase things. And politics is annoying, but you can't escape it even as a creative. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. I think for me, just like, I I mean, I haven't dealt with it a lot, but I've seen a lot of it from the outside looking in, kind of like learning about the drama between like two departments or two people or something like that. (laughs) All this work drama. Yes. Work drama is honestly the juiciest drama. Let me tell you, I live for work drama. (laughs) That's gonna, that's probably really sad to a lot of you listening to this. (laughs) Y'all probably like, Kelsey, your life is so boring that you're entertained by work drama. Who are you? But oh, but, it hits but let different. me tell you, it hits different. These are real people with real lives doing wild things and like people randomly quitting their job or like getting fired or like just craziness happening left and right. It's Oh yeah. It's amazing content, let's be honest. Amazing content. But yeah, I think for me just like experiencing other people dealing with tension in the workplace like my best advice would just be to be as open and like conversational as you possibly can because at the end of the day people are trying to do what's best for the business and again it's not personal so 
yeah, sometimes you have to bite your tongue and be like, yeah, they're, they're right or they're, you know, above me and I have to do it like this. But I think it's just understanding other people and learning how to communicate with different people is just really important and trying to level with them. And some people you just can't break and that's just how it's going to have to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, last question. Have you had any bad experiences working as a creative? Yeah, and I, I think I kind of alluded to that in the last question about tension. But I am by far the youngest person at my company. And when I first started, it was like glaring. I was literally 21 when I started working. <laughs> and the next youngest person on my floor, other than the executive assistants, so the, like the next youngest people I actually worked with on a daily basis were like 26, 27. So the age gap, the age gap was there. Like it was, it was there. So I tried to make sure that nobody knew that I had just graduated. I like always dressed to the nines at work. And when you work in a company adjacent to fashion, you kind of have to. So like that part I got down, wore makeup every day. didn't look 21. So I was only maybe three months into the job and we had a huge launch coming up. And it was for one of our brands and so for me, like on the video side, I by default was the lead for it, but I had to work with the creative directors of the brand who come from print. So there was already this issue of I'm the digital designer, they're the print designers, but because it's their brand, they have a say. And we just never saw eye to eye. Like they literally, I like made animatics for the animations and mood boards and they just didn't, they didn't want any part of it. Everything had to be printed out and like, they like drew everything out and they measured things in pikas and I was like I'm sorry oh, but no. like when I'm animating I'm in pixels so like this like yeah. we have like a language barrier going on and you know like they just they were all they all went to like hoity-toity art schools in New York you know like very uppity didn't like you know like to me like I probably just seemed like the girl fresh off like the girl fresh out of like a frat party <laughs> you know like they knew I like <laughs> they knew I wasn't like one of like the SVAs or the Parsons and like they totally looked down on me for it and that was super demoralizing but at the end of it all after countless meetings and edits going back and forth with them literally printing out like everything and like marking it up instead of sending me notes like create like literally like they were so so old school print telling me a digital designer what to do it came to like this meeting with the president of my company and we showed him like the three different options, one of which the editorial print team heavily, heavily had a hand on. Basically, they art directed me to do it. I had no creative say. And he looked at us and point blank pointed at the TV and said, what is this? Like a magazine? Like, no, like this is supposed to be a TV channel. Like this looks so print. Like throw this one out. <laughs> right off the bat, canceled their idea. And I looked at them <laughs> and I tried so hard not to look smug, but it was like, you made me put like 20 hours of work into that. And that was the first idea canned. And like, we end oh, up going gosh. with one of the brand directions that like I, I did it myself and it went live and it's seen over 3 million unique viewers. And the channel is still live on Samsung TV. And it was crazy because that was like the first three months of my job was like dedicated to launching this TV channel and I went through hell and back for it. But it sucked because the people that were art directing me didn't think I was competent. And I had to prove it to them. They like begrudgingly respect me now, but it sucked. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, I haven't dealt with that much in terms of like older people or people in other areas like thinking that they have creative control over me, I guess, like to a certain extent because I'm still like an intern and not a full-time employee. A lot of, I wouldn't say they like look down on me or like look belittle me or anything like that, but just a lot of times they- Mm -hmm. That's great. That's so good. They come from a perspective being like, oh, I've worked here longer. I know what's best. And I'm like, well, hold on here. Design is not part of your job description, nor did you have any formal education in this. So Mm -hmm. why don't you just take a seat and let, let me- you know, pull the strings here. So yeah, I think, I think just that's something that you'll go through regardless of what career you're in. Like every single career, I'm sure you have a boss or a coworker who thinks they know more than you when it's not even their job. Like that's just something that is a, a fact of corporate America. But I will say my only bad experience in terms of being a designer is working as a freelancer. And this is something really important for you guys if you want to freelance. Highly recommend, pays very well. The The, the only thing that's bad about freelancing is that the money is inconsistent. So that's like the hard part of being a freelancer. But if you can be a freelancer, you should because you make so much more money. But one bad experience that I had was with a freelance contract where I actually did not get paid for a lot of my work for like months. Like I ended up getting paid, like it got reconciled, but like I had to threaten them with like going to the Texas workforce and like all this like serious stuff. Like, yes, legal action because, and it wasn't even that much money in the grand scheme of things. Like is like a thousand dollars or something. But you, you taught them a lesson. You taught them a such a valuable lesson. It taught them a lesson and it taught me a lesson too. Like I I didn't have like a, a set freelance contract written up with them. Like I had signed certain documents to say that I was being contracted by them. But um, if you are working as a freelancer, you should have a separate secondary contract to make sure that they are mm-hmm. obligated to you and, and to pay you in certain ways. So that's just one bad experience I had. I was waiting for this check to come around for like months and they're like, we'll pay you, we'll pay you. And I'm like, you're not paying me. Like, give me my money now. Good for you for standing your ground. Like, I feel like a lot of people would just like, you'd be like, okay, it is what it is. But you're like, no, no, like I deserve this money. Like, don't undersell your work, guys. Like, you go, Kelsey. Thank you. I think it was just kind of the principle of it, even though it wasn't a ton of money, It was just like, I did all this work for you. I, you know, worked till midnight some nights turning around projects for you and you're not going to pay me for it. Like, what is this? So that's just like one bad experience that I've had, but I haven't had that happen often, but I know like that kind of stuff happens often to other people when they freelance. So just make sure when you're freelancing that you have a contract written up that you make them sign saying that. They, they have a legal obligation to pay you for the work that you do. And it's always important to set out like expectations and a budget and a timeline and all that stuff. But if, if you can do that for them, they're legally obligated to pay you. So highly recommend that, especially if you're getting into freelancing and you don't know a lot about it, you need to start looking into the legal side of things ASAP so that, you know, you're getting paid what you deserve. A hundred percent agree. Well, that looks like all we have for this episode, Lauren. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I love what's stopping you. But when I first started this podcast journey, you were like one of the first friends that I made and you've been so kind and so helpful. 
But it's also just so refreshing talking to another designer that's so like-minded. You know what I mean? Like, it's so refreshing, so fun. And you're just – you're great. You know I love oh, you. So this is you. this was such a pleasure. Yes. I needed this. It's been chaotic in my life the last two weeks, and I needed <laughs> yes. this. So thank of you, guys. Well, Lauren, why don't you go ahead and plug yourself and let people know where they can find you and tell them all about your podcast and everything else. Yes. So I am on Instagram. You can find me at laurenlapid.jpg, which is so nerdy. If you're a designer, you, so designer, you're probably you laughing know. at me. Um, but my podcast is at Rookies in the Real World. And I mean, if you like hearing about my shambly life in New York City, that's basically what it is. I talk about New York City, career growth and development, general adulting, like all the things I've learned in the last like year. I've, it's been since I've graduated, which, ew, it's been a year since I graduated. And then just like fun wine Wednesdays where I give you the tea on my life. But that's that. You can just find me at Rookies in the Real World. We'll have Kelsey on as a guest soon. It'll be fun. But that's me. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I'll be sure to post all those links in the description of the episode. But that's it, you guys. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Lauren. Well, that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed. Be sure to go check out Lauren and her podcast as well as her podcast Instagram. Like I said, all the links will be in the description of the episode, but you guys, she has so much insight on living in the city as well as just career advice and also just some fun episodes as well. I really enjoy listening to them. So be sure to go check her out. And if you have a moment after listening to this episode, be sure to give me a five-star rating and review in apple podcasts i don't think it's a functionality that's available on spotify but if i'm wrong let me know but if you are an apple podcast user like myself be sure to give me a rate and review because it really helps out my podcast as well as just kind of makes my day i love reading them and it makes me happy that you guys enjoy the content that i put out but i love you guys and i will see y'all again in next week's episode bye